and welcome to the Girl Tries Life podcast where we show you that women are capable of absolutely incredible things with the right tools, strategies, and mindset in place. I'm your host, Victoria Smith, and I'm all about helping women seriously reduce their stress so they can actually enjoy their daily lives. Now, today on the podcast, it's a personal one. We are diving into my relationship with my body. But before we do that, I want to let you know that the Girl Tries Life podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is powered by ETB. So last week on the podcast, or rather this week, because you kind of got two for one this week, uh, we had Linda Huang from Don't Call Me a Guru. I highly recommend if you are interested in a career in social media, if you're already in a career in digital media, checking her podcast out. Uh, Her most recent episode is actually the trends that she sees for social media in 2020. So it's a really valuable episode. I highly recommend you check it out. Now, ATB has their have their entrepreneurs centers across Alberta. They are such a valuable place for entrepreneurs to be able to go and uh, co-work. You can talk to their uh, entrepreneur advisors. You can access all their books and resources for free of charge. It is just, they're just such friendly, warm, delightful places to go and work and get the advice that you need as an entrepreneur and be set up for success. I've used them myself many times and they also run almost daily uh, free workshops. I've actually given a few of them myself. So so to find out more about this, you go to atbentrepreneurcenter.com. So that's atbentrepreneurcenter.com. They've got one in Calgary, Edmonton, Grand Prairie, Lethbridge, and then they do some pop-ups every now and then. So I highly recommend you check them out. They're absolutely chock full of value and you will adore them. Okay, today on the podcast, we are talking about my relationship with my body and how that has grown over time. So I think for women, one of the most stressful experiences that they can have is with their body. Honestly, from the time that we are young girls, we are just bombarded with this information uh, and this pressure and being compared for what our bodies should or should not look like. And it's happening younger and younger. And I think that's the real scary part for, for us, for me especially as a mom, whether it's my uh, my son or my daughter, it's something that I worry about. And I. it's something that I'm really conscious about and I want to make sure that I am in the best place in my own life to be the best role model for them. And let me be clear when I say being the best role model, that doesn't mean that I weigh a certain amount or I look a certain way. It means that I'm a good role model for them in terms of body confidence, no matter what I look like right? No matter what size I'm at, no matter whether I'm wearing makeup or not, that I am that I am showing up as a confident human being. So if you have struggled with your body, if you have struggled with feeling like you are overweight or feeling like you are underweight or that you have scars or acne or all the things or you just don't feel confident in your body, I hope that you find some real value in this episode. So I'm going to share my own personal experience and then some of the strategies that have helped me. Uh, but know that I didn't get to this easily, right? And at the end, I'm going to talk about some of the ways that I want to help you to shortcut that process because it took me a long time and the things that I know now that I wish I knew then, uh, we've developed a program called Stressless About Your Body specifically geared to this because we shouldn't be worried constantly about what our bodies look like and have that be slowing down the life that we're living. Anyways, that's where we're going to be going with this episode, but I want to start... I want to start at the beginning. So I actually don't think my 
body issues really started until I was about, let's say, eight, nine, or ten, uh, somewhere in there. I'm not really great with dates, but I started. I I wasn't super conscious of it before then, but I started synchronized swimming. And I loved it. Synchronized swimming was so much fun for me. I really, the first year that I did it, you know, I was really behind. I got switched from one program to the other because of my age. I fell into this funny age gap. And so I had to change teams halfway through the year. And so I was kind of behind in terms of skills because I just had to upgrade suddenly. And I loved it. I was so physically active. And when you're that physically active, you eat a lot to make up for it. You know, you need the the energy for the calories and everything, right? And I would say it was a couple years in, a year and a half in, that I really started to notice how harsh girls are to each other. Uh, you know, you were in you were in a swimsuit, right? You're <laughs> you're in a pool together, you're showering together, you're in a change room together, and I just became very aware of this is also a time of life, right? When people are going through puberty, people were spouting, sprouting boobs for the first time, right? They were, our bodies were changing. Uh, you know, you do get a little extra weight when you're going through puberty. Your body just isn't, our bodies are changing throughout our lives. And so I think I became very, very conscious of what I did or I did not look like. And I saw other girls being maybe bullied as a strong word, but like being teased for their bodies. It was still not nice behavior. It's still not something I would ever want to see happen to anyone. Uh, I'm just not sure I would call it bullying. Anywho, so I started to see a lot of that. And then entering into junior high, that's rough, right? Like, I think elementary school is a little bit better for girls in general. But once you get to junior high and high school, there's the are you popular? Do you, you know, wear the right clothes? Do you look the right way? Is your hair done nicely? Are you wearing makeup? Are you not wearing makeup? Like there's so much focus on your body. And I don't know if it's the same for guys or not, honestly, but for women, I think middle school is a very rough time. And then in at the end of grade seven, I actually gave up synchronized swimming, not because I didn't love it and I didn't enjoy it, but I just don't ha- didn't have the energy for both that and to be excelling at school. And so my parents uh, understandably thought it was more important that I excel at school. And I was also just getting very exposed to cattiness and bitchiness of girls. And so they didn't really want me to keep doing that. And I kind of agreed at the time. The challenge with that is I had become so used to eating in a certain way, right? Because I'd been fueling my body. And now food was more of a comfort, right? I was going through all these hard things in middle school, this change. I didn't have that team environment anymore. Uh, I was felt like an outsider at school. And so food became a comfort. And I was never massively overweight. But I remember in grade nine, joining Weight Watchers. (laughs) And so I would have been 14, maybe 13, 14. And the reason I joined Weight Watchers was because my grade nine graduation dance was coming up and I wanted to look nice. I wanted to wear a nice dress. I wanted to you know, catch the eye of a boy or whatever. I just felt like I didn't fit in. And when you join Weight Watchers and you're under a certain age, you have to have a parent sign off on that. And I don't blame my parents for signing off on that. I come from a family of, um, I would say, emotional eaters. And 
I think they saw it as a really positive step to me taking control early on, right? To not being overweight from an early, from a young age. So they saw it as a really positive move. And so I do not blame them for that, but it really started this lifetime of obsession, right? Obsessing of how many calories were in something, what a point value was, uh, how much I had to earn, how hard I had to work at the gym to earn back that food, right? Like this very diet mentality from a young, young age. And so I then started equating my worth to how much I weighed on a Saturday morning when I went for my weigh-ins. And when I went for... I should have said this at the beginning of the episode, but like I am going to be talking about stuff that might be triggering for some people. So bear that in mind. I hope it was clear from the title of the podcast. Um, every Saturday morning, I would go for my weigh-in and I wouldn't eat anything before going. I wouldn't drink any water before going. I would wear like the lightest layer of clothes that I could. It was kind of like anything you can do to weigh as little as possible. And then after that, I would go and have an enormous breakfast because I was so st- so hungry. I'd been like depriving myself for the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to make sure that I like was on track. But if you think about it, if you're binging or whatever it is, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then for the rest of the week, you're depriving yourself, that is not healthy, right? That is actually doing way more harm to your body than good. And... Anyways, I ended up over the course of my life doing Weight Watchers four times. Four times I would uh, leave and then come back. And this is not uncommon, actually. They have a huge percentage of people leave and come back. And to me, what that indicates is that it doesn't work. It works while you're there, but it is not a sustainable lifestyle to achieve, right? It's not intuitive. If you, and it also is training you, in my opinion, these programs are training you to be obsessed, to deprive yourself, to to not be able to eat in a quote unquote normal way, to not be able to listen to your body, to not recognize that your body changes week to week for women, right? Like we go through a 28 day menstrual cycle, your body and your needs and your hunger changes, right? I'm sure for many of you listening, it's like one week you are ravenous and you would eat everything in your path and the next week you're not hungry at all, right? That is women's bodies. And yet you go to a program like Weight Watchers or others and it's like, this is what you will eat always, every day doesn't matter how hungry you are or how or not this is the way you, you're you should always eat scientifically well I look back on that now and I think how much money I wasted probably like upwards of a couple thousand dollars if you think about it the weekly fee all the Weight Watchers foods I would have bought all the little freaking calculators all the all the short-term things that really I would say gave me an eating disorder. I'm just pulling this up right now. The National Eating Disorders uh, Disorders Collaboration defines disordered eating as a disturbed and unhealthy eating pattern that can include restrictive dieting, compulsive eating, or skipping meals. So some of the examples that they give are fasting or chronic restrained eating. Anyone hear about like intermittent fasting right now? Hmm. It's kind of a diet. 
uh, skipping meals, binge eating, self-induced vomiting, restrictive eating, restrictive dieting, unbalanced eating, as in restricting a major food group such as fatty foods or carbohydrates, uh, laxative, diuretic, enema misuse, steroid and creatinine use, supplements designed to enhance athletic performance, and using diet pills. So for me, how my experience of Weight Watchers, and again, this is totally personal, how it uh, came about was a lot of binge eating, a lot of skipping meals after I had binge eating, a lot of restrictive dieting, a lot of eating zero point foods that didn't satisfy and didn't actually make me feel full and led to me wanting more of the junk, right? It um, wasn't a positive experience. Let's just say this. What really kicked it off um, to me losing a lot of weight was I remember going to West Edmonton Mall in Edmonton to their uh, amusement park. I went with a friend in university. It was my first year of university and I gained quite a lot of weight because I was very unhappy. I was very unhappy. I didn't know anyone. I was away from my like regular environment. Um, I wasn't in the right program. I wasn't happy in school. I didn't feel like I was getting good grades. I wasn't getting good grades. I was intimidated by the program, all the things. And I remember just eating alone in my room, like buying a box of cereal and almost eating that entire box. And my belly was so uncomfortable. Like I knew I was uncomfortable. I knew I was eating past the point of being satiated but it just it sometimes when you eat to that point it makes you feel like you're getting a bit of a hug it's the weirdest thing or I would eat I would buy um those rolls of Pillsbury cookie dough and I would eat those and again they would make me feel sick like I would constantly be binging and feeling ill but that felt more in control to me than um living my life outside of that room and that food University was a hard time for me. It was quite nerve-wracking. And I gained a lot of weight that year. And then uh, later, towards the end of my second year in Edmonton, I this friend and I were at West Edmonton Mall. We went to the amusement park. We were going on the bumper cars. We were in line for the bumper cars. And the kid at the ticket booth said, Oh, no, you can't go on the ride if you're pregnant. And I just remember like feeling I think I went white like I just felt so embarrassed and so ashamed and I was like not pregnant (laughs) and they let me go on the ride which I did not enjoy because the entire time I was just feeling I just felt terrible anyways I came back to Calgary for a different program a program that was more in line with what I wanted to be doing in my life it was a better fit for me as a school smaller classrooms And I started Weight Watchers hard and I lost a lot of weight. I lost 80 pounds, something like that. But uh, I still didn't feel great at the end of it. I mean, I felt like fitter and my clothes fit better and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't feel confident in myself and my body. Anyways, (laughs) this is going to be a longer episode, guys. I finally found some equilibrium. I stopped actually going to Weight Watchers. I found I was able to maintain my weight without obsessing. And I think what I was doing without realizing it was intuitive eating. I was not, I was also finding other activities that made me feel good. I was uh, walking with my mom and, uh, and the dog around these huge 
we would call it around the block, but it was really an hour long walk. You know, we were doing long walks. Uh, I was going to the gym at school, but doing things that made me feel good. I was seeing a personal trainer. None of these things to like weigh a certain amount, but I just felt good doing them. I was in a program that I was happy about. I was getting good grades. Everything was just sort of aligning. And so I didn't have to obsess about the food, right? I was making friends. I was, it was all the things and it was going well and went to Scotland, met my husband. Uh, and I would say that was the time, I think when any new relationship, that's the time when you eat, right? <laughs> like you're going on dates, you're eating, you're doing this, you're eating, you're all the things. But I was still pretty good at regulating my body. And like, if there was, I didn't have to eat everything on the plate, right? Because I was happy and comfortable and whatever. And yeah, maybe I gained five pounds when we were dating, but it didn't make me feel bad. And I have an incredible husband who never has made me feel bad about my body. Um, and I'm sorry to say that's not the case for a lot of people in relationships, right? Your partner can make you feel uncomfortable about your body. Anyways, come time to having a baby, my first uh, child, and it was a hard pregnancy. My parents were getting divorced. There were layoffs at work. There was a lot of just uh, stress going on and like I said, long line of emotional eaters and between pregnancy and just stress, I ate a lot and I gained 50 pounds in that pregnancy. And here's the thing. They tell you, the proverbial they say that a healthy weight gain for a baby is about 25 pounds. Well, I actually know very few people who only gain 25 pounds. So I feel like it's another form of like dieting and restriction. Um, because the second time, when I had my second child, I very much tried to stick to that 25. I had less stress in my life and I still couldn't do it. I still gained 50 pounds with my second child. Anywho, going back to like postpartum, postpartum, how you feel about your body, I think is just such a wreck. I think you see these pictures of like Kate Middleton or anyone who comes out of the hospital after having a baby and they look perfect. And you roll out of the hospital in your like adult diaper uh, wearing sweatpants and looking pregnant. I think you think you're not going to look pregnant after you've had the baby, but your body's still like, they're, like you still have this huge belly. And it takes a good few weeks for that to go down. Really does. And then, yeah, with my son, it took about eight or nine months and the weight just came off. I didn't really actively diet. I didn't do anything because I was going through colic and postpartum depression. And I was just, <laughs> diet and exercise wasn't uh, a priority for me. But my body just did what it did and it lost the weight. And I actually felt really like, hey, this is amazing. This is awesome. Then come baby number two, and I'm actively trying to lose the weight. I'm happier. Like, I didn't have colic. She didn't have colic. I didn't have postpartum depression. I had energy. She was a good sleeper. I just felt amazing. And so I was doing the mommy and me bar classes and I was going on walks and I was doing all the things and I got 30 pounds off, but I could not make the rest of it budge. It just was not budging. And I remember going to my doctor and saying like, what is wrong with me? And he's like, you are, you have a different body now you are older, you have different things going on, your hormones might be different. He's like, come talk to me in 18 months. If things are still not moving, like at 18 months postpartum. Because he said, then maybe we like check other levels. But like, he's like, I've done all the blood tests, you're fine. Like, just let your body 
recalibrate the way it needs to. And that was hard, right? Letting go, that was hard. Um, Because I just still felt like I was in this in-between stage and fit certain clothes and whatever. And it's funny because over the past couple years, between my son and my daughter, I'd really embraced the body positivity movement. And I knew all the things and you like, we know all the things you can create this environment uh, for yourself that's supportive. And yet still, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard because you see other people bouncing back in their bodies or whatever. You see other people looking a different way and you just compare yourself to the core, right? Now, my body is still not the same way it was pre-baby and it might never be. But I have so much more embraced it. So this uh, past summer, a family friend lives at this uh, gated lake community. Or I guess it's not a gated community, but the lake is gated. And uh, invited us to come. And I was like, I had bought this really cute, like, 50s-style two-piece. And I was like, I'm going to wear it. I'm going to wear it. I'm going to wear it. And then this dress kicked in of like, I'm going to be the biggest person there. People are going to laugh at me. All the things. And I was like, you know what? I, I need to do it. Because everything is harder in your head than it is in reality. And so I wore it. I wore that two-piece swimsuit. And I sat on the beach and I watched my kids play in the sand and played with my my son in the water and did all the things. Nobody cared. Nobody looked or if they did, I didn't notice. Because it is always such a bigger deal to us than it is to anyone else. Almost always. I just see myself previously included, so many people that hold themselves back from living the life they want to be living because they are so focused on losing weight, on being a certain size, on dieting and depriving themselves. And I kind of just think, and I look back for myself as well, and I'm like, all the things that could have opened up in my life, if I had just relaxed and lived that life, right? You don't have to be a certain weight to live that life. And I know plenty of people who are incredibly thin who are not happy. And I, when I got to my goal weight, I was not happy, right? Your happiness, your life, and your vibrancy is not tied to the weight on the scale. It is not tied to what you look like in the mirror. And yet I think we allow ourselves, hugely helped by society, to let that hold us back right? To let that be the determinant of you step on the scale in the morning and it's going to decide if you had a good day or if you had a bad day. And so I'm really passionate about helping the women I work with take away some of that stress because your body should be the least of your concerns, really. It should function, right? Like to the best of your ability, You know, you should want your body to move, to be able to do the things that you want to do. But that's not tied to a certain weight. That is not tied to a certain dress size. It's all about how you feel physically. Not how you feel when you look in a mirror, because that takes some time, but how you feel physically. 
And so I've learned a lot over the last few years. Uh, I studied intuitive eating and I didn't become a certified intuitive eating counselor because I just decided that was just not the route I wanted to go. I wanted to focus more on the Stressless Ladies program. But Amy Stubbs and I uh, both studied intuitive eating together. And it was huge. It's been huge. Intuitive eating is an enormous topic. It's got 10 principles to it. But in our Stressless About Your Body program, we highlight the 10 principles so that food just becomes food and it's not an obsession, right? And it's a process, intuitive eating, you don't just read the book or read the principles and like click overnight, you're an intuitive eater. It takes time because we've basically learned to not listen to our bodies, right? You know how people are like, oh, you're hungry, just have a glass of water, (laughs) right? I remember the standout thing for me was like, when you need to pee, do you say to yourself, no, I don't need to pee, I will just hold it in? No, you go pee, right? I thought this in the car when I was driving home from Lethbridge the other day. I was like, I've got to pee. I've got to pee. I've got to pee. And I had so wanted to make it back to Calgary, but I was like, nope, gonna have to stop in Nanton. Gonna have to go to a gross gas station bathroom, but like my body needs to pee and I need to respect my body. So it's the same with your hunger, right? If your body is hungry, feed it. And we talk about like what a hunger scale looks like and like so many of us like wait until we are absolutely starving. And as a result, we actually do more damage to ourselves than if we had just eaten when we had those first hunger signs, right? So we talk about intuitive eating. It's been so helpful for me. Um, And diet culture. When you realize if you, once you understand diet culture, which is all the things in our society, all the people who are making money off of you being dissatisfied with your body, you start to realize that they're trying to make you unhappy so that they can profit. It's not about making you healthier. It's not about making you happier. It's about making you feel insecure so that they can profit. Sorry, guys. I feel like I have a lisp sometimes. I've got this like sore on my tongue uh, at the moment and it's just uh, causing an occasional lisp. Anywho diet culture. So we talk all about why we think the way that we do about our bodies, who's making money off it, and how you can actually harness that energy for your own good so that you can take back the power. Stop paying thousands of dollars on all these stupid diet and fitness programs and instead learn to listen to your body, how you like to move your body, how you like to eat, how it makes you feel. It's such a better way of going going about things. It's so much more satisfying. It is so much less stressful. So that's uh, week one of our program. We also talk about health at every size and body positivity. So you can be healthy at any size. It's not a case of like you have to look like those fitness models out there. You know, I think Lizzo gets a lot of uh, flack in the media for her size. And yet, have you seen how active her shows are? Have you seen how she is like killing it. Those dance, you and I probably couldn't dance and sing like that for an hour. That takes incredible fitness. And yet people are like, oh, she's overweight. Well, she's healthy, right? Like she is living a healthy life. She is moving, honestly, in so many cases, like having that fitness is so much more important. And so like we need to stop defining it by that. I know plenty of very thin people who are not as physically fit or as active as I am, right? And it's not a competition. It's not a game. It's not a whatever. But just know that 
you can be healthy no matter where you're at. And it's also not just about the food and the fitness. It's also about are you healthy on the inside? Is your mind healthy? Are you mentally feeling good? That is a huge part of your health and yet we can't see it, right? So we talk about how that's possible. And we also talk about the difference between body being body positive and being body confident. I did this interview with Michelle Ellman from the uh, Instagram uh, account, uh, Scarred Not Scared. And she talks about body positive, how you can be body positive and believe that all bodies are deserving of respect no matter their size. You can believe that for other people, but that doesn't necessarily mean you believe it for yourself. So body positive is when you believe everyone deserves respect. Body confident is when you yourself feel confident in your body. And like, let me be clear, body confidence isn't like a, you feel it 100% of the time, right? Because you have a long line of feeling bad about your body, probably, to undo, right? You've got to undo that and it takes time and you're going to keep getting triggered. You've got years of mental negative self-talk to undo. I did. And I still do. There's still moments where I'm like, ugh. But for the most part, I don't let it stop me from doing anything. I go swimming at the swimming pool, right? For the longest time, I wouldn't go swimming at a swimming pool because it just reminded me of being a synchronized swimmer and how I used to look or how I used to feel. And now it's like, yeah, my thighs jiggle. Yeah, my boobs are huge, but like I still go swimming because I enjoy the feeling of being in the water and it makes me feel fit and it doesn't hurt my back and it does all these great things for me. So I don't let it stop me. And then there are moments where I do feel incredibly body confident, but I can still be body positive. So one of the things we talk about in the program is how you can get to a point of neutrality. If feeling body confident feels way too far off for you, and it probably does if you've been feeling negative for so long, We talk about how to get you to a comfortable, neutral place, right? How to get you to just respect your body where it's at as a starting point, which is still huge. And then how you can get onto that road to being body confident. So there's a lot of little exercises in this program, not like fitness exercises, but like uh, things to (laughs) challenges for you to try to get you a little outside your comfort zone and feeling better. Don't worry, they're all in the comfort of your own home. No one's ever going to see you. You're just going to feel, you're going to start to get more comfortable brushing your teeth naked, for example. So we talk about intuitive eating in week three. In week four, we talk about movement and how it doesn't have to be punishing. I hate going to the gym and lifting weights. I actually just hate going to the gym. I love group fitness classes. I love bar classes. I love going for long walks. And so it's like, if you find the things that you enjoy doing, you will do them more. If you punish your body, And if you are constantly focused on how many calories am I burning all the things, you're not going to do it. You're not going to enjoy it. It's not going to be sustainable. Like the science just shows motivation is not going to be there, right? And you only have so much willpower, right? (laughs) So you need to find the things that intrinsically motivate you. Uh, Then in week five, we talk about gratitude and comfort and how there's real power in thanking the body that you have right here and now. I remember I used to watch, uh, I'm not sure if anyone else used to watch this, the How to Look Good Naked shows with like Gok Wan and and there was like a, or was it Trini and Susanna or something like that. Anyways, they're never dressing the body for when you lose 10 pounds. They're dressing the body that you have now and making you feel confident where you're at. And it's so possible at any size, right? Like you just need to find the right store and the right style of clothing for you and all the things. But you should be able to feel happy and confident where you're at. You should be able to respect the body you have now. If you are so focused on 
being happy when, being happy if, being happy then, then you're not happy because you're putting it off for another day. There's so much value and less stress in being happy with where you're at now. So part of it is also thanking your body for what it can do right now. Even if you're feeling, even if you're chronically ill, even if your body is not able to move in the ways that you can't, that you want to, there's things that you can do right now, right? We also dive deep onto, um, into what to do when you're needing comfort, right? Like I said, I come from a long line of emotional eaters. Food has been the primary comfort for a long time. So I had to retrain myself and give myself other options to find comfort, right? So we'll give you tools in this program so that you can make more empowered choices, right? Now, sometimes if I need comfort, what I'm actually needing is a hug. (laughs) What I'm actually needing is a good cry. What I'm needing is the shower. What I'm needing is to go for a walk. I need a cup of tea. Like there's so many other things I can do for comfort than having food. Sometimes food still plays a part of the mix. And the thing is, I don't beat myself up for it anymore right? I don't go, oh God, I binged. I'm a horrible human being. Because it's just food. It's just food. It's just one day, right? It doesn't define me. It doesn't make me a bad person. And I never would have used to say that. I would have said, I'm horrible. I have no willpower. I have whatever. Like I just beat myself up for no reason, right? That's just not the way we should live our lives. So we talk about comfort and how to give you the tools that you need. And the last week of the program, week six, is all about self-love and respect. So this is a biggie. We really dissect what self-love means to you. It's very personal and how you can begin to show up for yourself in more loving, kind ways, both emotionally and physically. Now, this is a self-led program. Stress less about your body. Uh, my lovely co-creator, Amy Stubbs, is having a baby soon. So uh, we're not doing group coaching at the moment. But I-, I think you will get so much value from it. If Especially this time of year, right? Like this is the time of the year where people like didn't do their New Year's resolutions, right? 95% of them fail or 92%, something like that. Very high percentage fail. And so all of a sudden, here you are in February, probably beating yourself up because you didn't lose X number of pounds because you aren't as fit as you said you were going to be because you didn't go to the gym. Screw that. Screw that. Because there's so many other more important things in your life. So honestly, Stress Less About Your Body is a program for you if you are fed up of being obsessed with counting calories, with criticizing how you look, with earning your dessert, and all that other bullshit. Amy and I both get it. We've both been there in different ways. But after so much self-work, coaching, intuitive eating studies, and more, like we can say with certainty that life is far more fun when you ditch the obsession. The fact is that diets don't work. They don't. The fact is that life is more fun when you're not on a continuous diet. The fact is you can be healthy without dying. And the fact is we're pretty fun coaches, I think. So each of those videos, we alternate between Amy and myself, Amy and myself. Now, the way you can find this program is by going to stresslessladies.com forward slash coaching stresslessladies.com forward slash coaching and it should be the one right up on the top stressless about your body 
So again, this is six weeks. You can do it week by week uh, or you can you know, go at your own pace if you want to slow it down a little bit more. But these are all the things I wish I knew, right? These are all the things I wish I knew. This is us coaching you in the way I wish someone would have spoken to me. This is us treating you with the most kindness and grace and giving you the tools to honestly stress less about the body that you're in and start living your life or live it more, right? So I don't care if you're single, if you're in a relationship or if you're postpartum and you're not feeling good about your body, you can feel better about it. You can stress way less about it so that you can focus on whatever it is that matters to you. What would open up for you in your life if you were less stressed about your body? Would you take on a new cool project at work that you've kind of been feeling insecure about because you feel you don't look the part of whatever? Would you start dating? Would you have more sex with your partner with the lights on? (laughs) Like, would you, when your kid grabs your squishy belly and says, squishy, would you go, yeah, instead of feeling like, huh, right? Would you just have more brain space and energy and vitality because you're not letting how you look weigh you down, right? Would you dance with abandon without abandon? I don't know the phrase. Dance like no one's watching, right? Would you buy that outfit that you're like, oh, only skinny girls wear this? Buy it. I wore a two-piece. And like, you just heard me share that journey. It wasn't easy. But once I sort of like rip the Band-Aid off, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. Would you book a vacation? Would you tell yourself it's okay? Would you forgive yourself for beating up on yourself for so long? Anyways, there's so many things that I know open up for people when their body is less of a obsession for them. And that's why we created Stressless About Your Body. I'm so excited. The people who have gone through it as our as our beta testers gave us such great great feedback on it. It's that we also wanted to make it something that was super accessible for everyone. So It's a six-week program. You have it for life and you can buy it for 197 Canadian dollars or you can do a payment plan for two payments. Um, So we honestly just wanted to create what we wish we had. And it is chock full of information without overwhelming you. And I just want you to feel more confident in your daily life. I really do. Because I know from being on the other side of it, how much better it is, honestly, how much less I have to worry about these things. So if you have any questions, you can always email me victoria at stresslessladies.com or you can find me on Instagram at stresslessladies. Yeah, I hope that this is helpful for you. As this podcast goes live, I will be headed to Edmonton again to speak to a ton of teachers on stress and resiliency and all the good things. But um, if, if you are one of the early birds who, who snags it, please get in touch and let me know what you think. I would love to hear back from you. And any questions you have along the journey, please just email uh, or get in touch with Amy or myself. All the best. Life isn't stressless, but you can and you will stress less. Bye. Bye.